This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey, happy Black and Gold Friday, everybody. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, our podcast featuring uh, Saints and Pelicans from the Osher Sports Performance Center. And greetings from Studio B. I'm Sean Kelly. We've got a big weekend, don't we? Whew, gosh, finally the Saints are back home. Their lone game this month at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. We've been talking about it a little bit off and on this week. Today we preview heavily the Saints and the Patriots, a pair of 0-1 teams. I didn't think we'd have that scenario. Honest to goodness, I thought both teams would be 1-0. So obviously there's a little extra spice to this matchup this weekend and certainly some great storylines. We're going to cover it from a couple of different angles today. And we're also going to get you set for game day with um, a visit, um, specifically speaking of pregame entertainment. Ah, yes. Uh, more on that in just a second. But uh, our guest uh, card has A.J. Klein on it today. Mike Reese from ESPN.com. He covers the Patriots. We'll cover uh, from their angles and preview, of course, the noon kickoff between the Saints and the Patriots. Tom Brady and Drew Brees. 22 combined Pro Bowls. Is that right, Daniel Salerson? Daniel was just pointing that out to me. I know it's also the first time we've ever seen two quarterbacks have combined for or that have each had 400 touchdown passes in their career go head-to-head. And one's 40 and one's 38, and there's greatness to be had in that football game. And, of course, Brandon Cooks is coming back to town. And, gosh, just a ton of storylines. I'm very intrigued. I like this. And and I I think that you'd be smart to have an open mind about this football game this weekend because of what Kansas City was able to show us against the Patriots last week and, of course, because I think the Saints have to show us something after their loss to the Minnesota Vikings. So there's plenty on the line there. Uh, you know, one of the other storylines, of course, is uh, Rob Gronkowski comes to town, one of the premier tight ends in the NFL. I think he had just three catches last week against the Kansas City Chiefs. Eric Berry had a lot to, to do with that before getting hurt uh, on the Chiefs' side. And so this week, I think that uh, a lot of uh, the responsibility of Gronkowski falls upon the shoulders of Kenny Vaccaro, the St. Strong safety, who has worked against him in the past, uh, even in joint workouts last year at the Greenbrier. Vaccaro in the locker room this week talking about his uh, duties with regard to the Gronk. I practiced against them when we were um, up, up there. Um, He's one of the best. I mean, one of the best in the league. Um, he's a he's one of the true wide tight ends that that can block in the run game and also go out for a pass. Um, big body, big catch radius, great ball skills, tough physical. I mean, everybody knows he's going to end up going down as one of the best tight ends to play this game. Um, but I mean, I mean that's that's the type of matchup I like. I mean, um, I've won against Jimmy Graham early on in my career here. Um, I've I've played against a lot of good tight ends. I mean, he's obviously probably top three in the league, and uh, I'm excited for the challenge. Yeah, that's just one of the many interesting matchups that we'll be watching on Sunday. Okay, that pregame entertainment I was telling you about. we got a big doing going on at the Champion Square uh, stage on Sunday morning. This is pregame, obviously, and the Baja men will be performing. Yes, who let the dogs out live on Sunday morning? Uh, part of their lineup of pregame entertainment. And Dyson Knight with that group fresh uh, from the Bahamas and their touring is kind enough to stop by today and we'll end our podcast with his preview of their performance this weekend too so busy lineup with that we'll take a break when we come back Mike Reese 
ESPN NFL Nation reporter covering the New England Patriots. And still to come, A.J. Klein with his preview from the defensive side of the football for the New Orleans Saints. Don't go anywhere. If you don't want to miss out on any of the action, get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus text with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans mobile alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. It is uh, Game Preview Friday here on our podcast, and we are so pleased to bring one of the best reporters of the NFL aboard with us here on this Friday, and that, of course, is Mike Reese, who is an ESPN NFL Nation reporter covering the New England Patriots, who are obviously in town this Sunday to take on the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Mike, great to have you. Thanks for your time today. Well, thanks for having me, Sean. I think for the for the Saints fans, maybe we could say like I, I would be the Mike Triplet of the Patriots, and that would probably uh, make them feel like okay, I get it now. I get what he does because uh, we know Trip does a great job as well. Perfect. You're right. He does do a great job, and I and I really like the format uh, that you both are using for your teams. And with that being said, I know that you two trade uh, information all the time. You collaborate on different projects. Obviously, these two teams have not only practiced together but played each other in the preseason, but here now a regular season game and, and two teams hoping not to start their seasons 0-2, huh, Mike? That's right. And I look at it from a Patriots perspective, and I, I say to myself, who would be the – if you were trying to sort things out defensively and you had to put a list of coaches that you wouldn't want to face week one and week two, you know, that, that might be able to creatively exploit your defense, you know, who would they be? And I, I was just thinking off the top of my head, like Andy Reid for the Patriots week one, he'd be up there at the top of the list. And Sean Payton in week two, I think he'd be up there right at the top of the list. Of course, you know, I watched the game Monday night at Minnesota, and, and obviously they're working through some things offensively. But I just think from a creative mind type standpoint, you know, I think Peyton's going to hit some stress points on that Patriots defense on Sunday. What are some of the stress points that Andy Reid used in their week one win over the champs? Got them big plays. You know, Patriots usually don't give up big plays. I mean, 75-yard touchdown pass, 78-yard touchdown pass, and he was creatively able to create some mismatches. You know, anytime you see a defensive end in Cassius Marsh, trying to cover a running back in Kareem Hunt, you know, something didn't go right. And so, you know, I think he was able to do that. And, I, and in a way, I would almost argue that the Patriots might have outsmarted themselves a little bit. They played most of the game in a dime defense, very light up front, and it didn't hold up very well, you know, against the run, as, as you would expect they wouldn't if you're going to play dime the whole game. And so I think a combination of those two things, and, and the other factor I would say is usually when you go up against the Patriots, you need to know, you have to have the mentality that it's going to be 60 minutes. And you might get some of the better of the action early, but if you don't buckle in for 60, you know, it might not work out in your favor in the end. And the Chiefs outscored the Patriots 21 nothing in the fourth quarter. 
can't think of too many games I've covered in Bill Belichick's 18 years as coach, as coach that were that lopsided in the fourth quarter. Like, that's a matter of pride for the Patriots. Conditioning, fourth quarter, closing, you know, closing out games and outlasting the other team. And I think the Chiefs did a better job. Uh, no doubt they did a better job. The scoreboard tells us that. That's a great point, and it was shocking. Uh, Mike, both of these teams have key losses heading into this game. And what I mean by losses, I guess, are personnel, um, injuries, and the sort. Uh, for New England, it is the headline here Hightower and Amendola? And, and if that's the case, what are, what are the fixes that Bill Belichick might have to go to? Yeah, and, and I think that, that those are the headlines if we already sort of have covered the Julian Edelman injury, right? Mm-hmm. So right. I like the analogy of like, okay, Patriots without Edelman, similar to Saints without Sneed. And I'm not saying the two players are, you know, apples to apples, but the idea, you know, I thought it was interesting from a Saints perspective that here's your number one third down offense from last year struggling on third down, you know, Monday night against the Vikings. And, you know, you probably have a better, or you do have a better background of it than, than I do specific to the Saints. But when you're four of 11 on third down, I mean, that seems very uncharacteristic you know, of what you'd expect from a Saints offense. So Patriots-wise, same thing. You know, you lose Edelman, you lose a little bit of that security blanket for Tom Brady in the middle of the field, and Amendola was the next guy up. And now you lose him, and it's like, okay, we got to, like, go back to the drawing board because there's no one-for-one exchange on that. Like, they don't have another slot guy that can come close to duplicating Edelman and even then Amendola, you know. So they're going to have to mix and match on that. And, and as for Hightower... You know, he, he's a hybrid player, so he, he might be on the line of scrimmage at times. He might be off the line at linebacker at times. Most physical linebacker they have, their defensive signal caller. So sort of I look at him as like a glue guy, you know, settle things down for them. And the same thing, like there's no one guy they have that they can just plug into that spot. So it's going to have to be a bunch of players that sort of piece together to try to fill that void. Mike Reese with us here from ESPN NFL Nation covering the New Orleans Patriots. Uh, obviously, Mike, the storyline down here will be a return of Brandon Cooks to the franchise where his career started. Um, what do you? How do you want to frame up that storyline? Well, let's start with just a strong impression that he's made on the Patriots. Um, you know, hasn't missed a day of practice. That's the first thing that they that Belichick, Brady, everyone talks about. So they often say up here in New England that. You know, availability is almost as important, if not more important, than ability. So he's been out there every day, and, and in an injury situation for them at that position, that has stood out. The smile, I mean, it's almost like when you talk to him, it's like this infectious smile. I mean, he seems so happy, happy-go-lucky guy. So I think that, that, that approach, that demeanor has really been a positive up here in New England. And then I, I look at the on-field performance. He was quiet in the preseason. He only had three, three passes thrown in his direction. I sort of asked him, I said, you know, how do you feel? Because I was wondering how much of that was tied to, you know, anything physically. He said, look, I'm 23 years old. I feel great. feels like Pop Warner to me. And you almost forget he's still so young. And then in the opener, I thought he was one of the Patriots' best players on the field. Three catches for 88 yards through four other penalties that accounted for 46 yards. You know, I think the Patriots still trying to figure out the best way to utilize them in their scheme, but 
he's been everything that they've asked for and then some, and I think it's only going to get better with more time. And I'm not surprised in any way, that's for sure. Hey, last thing, uh, Mike, I love when games, and, and they often do, I love when games give us a real special or, or possibly memorable storyline, and none, none would, would even come close to Tom Brady versus Drew Brees here and what they've collectively done over their careers and the fact that we get them on the field here head-to-head. Uh, am I getting a little too dramatic about this, or is this as cool as I think it is? Not at all, Sean. You're not getting too dramatic. I mean, let me tell you the way I look at it is there's so much going on these days. I mean, in our world that it's like, you know, I just love to take three hours on a Sunday and say, let me forget about all that stuff. Let me get lost in something where I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. And I can just enjoy myself and appreciate greatness and, you know, appreciate Two players that have done it for a long time and have had a consistent level of excellence. Like, I don't think that's too dramatic. And, and I'm of the mindset, and I, you know, like, let's appreciate it. Like, why are we doing what we do? Like, why, why are you, you know, working for the Saints doing this podcast? Why am I covering this game for ESPN? We love football. Like, it's about the game, you know? And so you get to that point on Sunday when the football's in the air. Like, if we can't enjoy that, like, I just got to say, like, what are we what are we all doing here? So, absolutely, let's step back and appreciate it leading up to it, before it, and acknowledge that at the age they're at, well, they want to keep playing, you know, nothing is promised for tomorrow. So, you know, this might be the last time. So, I'm with you, Sean. Let's enjoy it. And let's appreciate it. And uh, Brady Breeze, I'll take it. I will, too. Well said. And, again, I appreciate your time as we get crank it up here close to game day. Mike, safe travels. I hope that you enjoy the weekend, as I'm sure you will, based on the mentality that you've presented to us here today as, uh, as to what we have in store on Sunday. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. I'm bringing my dad down with me, which sort of carries the theme. We do one game a year, you know, take like a father-son road trip, and uh, he picked this one, so – I'm really excited about that as well. Outstanding. Show them a great time and uh, give them all our best. And welcome to New Orleans, guys. All right. Thanks a lot. You got it. Mike Reese, NFL Nation reporter for ESPN and ESPN.com. We'll take a break. We'll continue getting ready for Sunday in just a moment. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. This is AJ Klein, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Well, I told you that we had a, a game preview lined up for you today coming from a di- couple of different angles, and, and now obviously a Saints angle here, but more specifically the, de- the, the defensive side of the football for the Saints. And to help us with that is, is AJ Klein. I visited with him in the Saints locker room yesterday uh, to talk about, I think a little bit about Minnesota, but more importantly about what he – what he thinks about the matchup here with New England. So, uh, as we continue to uh, get ready for the ball game, 
here's another angle and our own A.J. Klein. I thought you'd be the, just the man to talk to us to get our fans ready for the football game on Sunday. First of all, A.J., what's, what's the week been like for you guys after the road game on Monday night and trying to turn around and get ready for this one? Short turnaround, but um, I think Coach has, has done a great job with the schedule and everybody's uh, resting up and, and uh, banking the sleep that we need and um, definitely putting in the quality work that needs to be put in um, to be able to prepare for this week. What was the balance, AJ, this week of trying to correct things that needed to be corrected from Monday and yet also getting ready for the champs to come in? Well, I think it goes hand in hand. I think correcting mistakes um, is also goes along with our, our daily practice um, routine. Um, like I said before, communication is huge. Um, communication breakdowns that we had last week, and, and we're correcting those every single day and um, getting ready uh, for New England to come to town. All right, tell me more about the Patriots. What's uh, keenly on your mind here about what they'll present to you on your side of the football? Obviously, we got to stop the run. Um, like I said, we, we gave up some, some long runs last week, so we know they're going to try to attack us in the run game and how they're going to attack us. So uh, we got to be stout up front, set edges, and, and – and, uh, play the run hard obviously get ready for play action pass off that I mean Tom uh that's that's what the Patriots are known for um so I mean you you can't really say enough about their offense but we know we're gonna have our hands full but we're up for the challenge a guy like Tom Brady I mean he's been covered and covered and covered and I can't imagine there's anything else to write or or video of him but surely there's something else that that maybe you think is more important than what's been covered over the years about the way that he plays what would that be I think his his football IQ is just through the roof, and obviously that's been written about how many times, and everybody knows it. Um, he controls that offense and gets his offense into the right play every time, it seems like. So um, for us, is try to throw him off his rhythm, um, get some pressure on him and make him feel uncomfortable in the pocket. And um, like I said, it goes hand-in-hand hand with stopping the run, forcing him in the second long, third long situation so we can get something going up front. Were there, were there any things that the Chiefs did last week against them that caught your eye? That, that might be worth duplicating this week? I think towards the end of the game they had they had uh, pressure in his face and they did a great job matching routes down the field, um, contesting throws and, and uh, making making those, quote-unquote, easier throws difficult for him. So um, I think that's something we can take away from him. Can you help fans understand this delicate balance between getting enough pressure on the quarterback to help the back end, yet the back end has to do what they need to do to be able to get the pressure up front and then you guys have got all that stuff in between. What What is the balance between those three tiers, and, and how close are you guys to achieving that kind of a balance? I think we're really close, and it goes it goes hand-in-hand hand every single week. I mean, um, some teams are timing, some pe- some teams are uh, route-based. I mean, it, it it really comes down to a fraction of a second. And um, But, again, it starts getting off the ball fast up front, and we just have to plaster on our routes. I mean, if we have to cover seven seconds, we have to cover seven seconds. Um, but obviously, like you said, it, it's a delicate balance. It works hand in hand. So um, we're trying to find that balance. But every week it changes. It's not the same every single week. Every week is different with every different opponent we face. So um, this week's a particular challenge for us. So we're excited. John Kuhn comes on with us every week, and, and, and he talked about, and, and I had forgotten until he brought it back up, a lot of times some of the biggest improvement in any given football season is week one to week two why is that I think because the real bullets finally start flying you get you get your 53 man roster your 46 on game day and and this is what you're gonna have for the rest of the season Um, I know a lot of guys uh, or some guys during the preseason don't get as many snaps so um, but I think the entire group starts to come together more after week one um, going into week two so uh, I think we have a better understanding of what we have personnel wise and, and what our weaknesses are and what our strengths are and then go from there 
either you guys or, or them, they want to go 0-2 to start the season. Is, is it is it too cliche to talk about that, or is it a real thing that, I guess, heightens the sense of the situation on Sunday? I think it's a little cliche to talk about, but obviously every week in this league's important, whether it's a division opponent or a non-division opponent. So um, it's hard to win in this league. So anytime you can come away with a win is, is a great week. So obviously we have to be desperate enough for the win. Who's going to be the more desperate team? Um, and I think we're, uh, we're definitely ready to go, and, and we're continuing to prepare for Sunday. AJ, you, you played to the Superdome as a visitor, and you got a couple of uh, uh, games of work in the preseason as well. For you and the other new players, unique to that building, is it going to be nice to get back into that environment? Is there something about that environment that you've learned over the years that can benefit the home team? Well, I think it's, it's a great environment to play in. The fans are awesome. The fans do a great job. And I, I know being on the opposite side, on that opposite sideline, that once this, this crowd gets chanting, um, when the defense is on the field, it can be a game changer. Um, it can cause penalties and cause uh, false starts. And um, sometimes it makes it, – it definitely makes the game more fun to play because that – that dome gets rocking. So I'm really excited to get back um, and play since we got what this home game and then we're on the road again for another two weeks. So um, definitely we want to kick off this, this home season the right way. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? One home game the entire first month of the season. Yep. It's, it's, it's crazy, but that's just the way it goes. I mean, uh, we'll, make, we'll make up those, uh, those home games later on in the season, and that's obviously uh, down the stretch is when you want some of those home games. So, Good luck, AJ. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank yep. you. A.J. Klein right in the middle of the Saints defense this weekend against the New England Patriots. It'll be his first home game uh, at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. I don't count the preseason stuff. This is the regular season now. I think that he is uh, embracing the opportunity to play in front of the crowd in downtown New Orleans as one of their own as opposed to a visiting foe. Okay. Uh, We had Kenny Vaccaro on, as promised. We had Mike Reese from Boston, as promised, A.J. Klein, kind of wrapping up our preview. There's one other thing we've got to take care of. All right, as we mentioned earlier, we've got pregame entertainment at Champion Square on Sunday prior to the Saints and Patriots, and the Baja men are headlining. And as promised, we bring in, of course, Dyson Knight with the Baja men. Dyson, great to have you. Wow. We're looking forward to your visit and performance on Sunday at Champion Square. Oh, we're excited. We're, we're excited to perform. We're excited to watch the game. You guys are going to take the stage at 9.30 a.m. How many gigs do you have in a year where, you're, uh, where your call time is at 9.30 a.m.? Ha, zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's going to be a bit different. I mean, we have done it. Um, like when we do um, uh, the TV shows like we did the Today Show, that was pretty early uh, stage call. Um Early in the morning is rough, but once we hit the stage, we'll heat it up. That's awesome. Two sets, 9.30 to 10, quick break, and then 10.30 to 11 on Sunday. I'm sure we'll hear who let the dogs out, um, which is – is it fair to say that's the signature song of the Baja Men, Dyson? Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's the most successful song that we have in our repertoire. Um, they're going to get a lot of um, the songs from the new album, but definitely they will definitely get who let the dogs out. We can't leave the stage without playing that song. Uh, we might you know, play it twice. Oh, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. And, and, and we're, we're eager to hear the new stuff too, which I want to ask you what that's going to, what that's going to uh, sound like on Sunday in just a moment. But just staying with, you know, that song, who let the dogs out. Obviously it played a role with saints fans for a number of years. Obviously it's played a role in your life as you, 
came to the Baja men after they had smashed through with the Grammy and everything else. But here over the years, yep. how has that song lived with you all? And, and how do you keep it from, you know, I hear some bands talk about if I have to play that song one more time, I think <laughs> I'll drive off the bridge or something, you know, exaggerated and dramatic like that. How do you keep it fresh and, and, and to where you, you still want to embrace playing that for folks? Oh, we have that discussion every rehearsal. Um, we love the song. We love the song. But, you know, us playing it the same way a million times is different from someone hearing it once or twice a year or seeing a performance of it once or twice a year. So what we do to try to keep it fresh is we, we make little, just slight little changes. We may add a, a different choreography. Uh, we may add some different dynamics in the hit. We may give the drummer a solo. You know, we do different things to make it fun, or we even spontaneously make up stuff while we're on stage to just um, keep it fresh for us, so that we enjoy it the same way that everyone else enjoys it. But it's a great song, so we can't you can't run away from it. We uh, we love and appreciate the song. Yep, and everybody sings the lyrics right back to you, which I think is probably one of the uh, coolest things ever. So, um, hey Dyson, time. Dyson, where are you from? What's the story for you as far as where you came from and and how you came to be a part of the Baja Men? Hey, I'm an island boy. I mean, I grew up right here in Nassau, which is the capital of the Bahamas. The Bahamas is 700 islands, rocks, and keys. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just a simple, you know, barefoot, running through the sun, fishing with a line and hook, um, island boy. Um, as far as the Bahamas goes, you know, we have such a close proximity to the United States, and Bahamas being a junkanoo band, which is the... Um, the native music, we are heavily influenced by pop music. Um, bands like Casey and the Sunshine Band, and even before that, like the Beatles, um, those guys, the musicians, were playing all of that music. Um, and different little smaller bands as they came up and, and became the Bahamian as we see today. So it's just been, um, for me, um, a walk through of, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of funny now that I think about it. I mean, I've never been asked that question that way. Just being just a simple island boy now touring the entire world um, singing pop music. Ah, boy, I, you're going to have to come back to me on that one. <laughs> That's it's, fair. It's, it's crazy how it happened. So touring and, and writing new music and and, and putting new, uh, uh, new recordings together, is that basically what the last couple of years have been like? Exactly. Yeah, um, performances, um, hitting different studios, uh, studios like Black Shadow Records, uh, recording Remy, who has a Grammy for Give Me the Light, Sean Paul's Give Me the Light. Um, we've been doing a lot of work with him. We have a, a three-album deal with Sony Latin America, um, which is a different flavor, too, because we figure we, we found that our music is, uh, loved by you know, people in the that Latin community because of the percussion, um, the percussive nature of our music. So they really dig uh, that it you know, it has heavy rhythm, but it's kind of different from the merengue and the salsa type music. Um, people enjoy it, and it works very well for like uh, soccer lovers. You know, it's good stadium uh, music for for soccer. Uh, so that's. Um, something that we've been kind of exploring and it's working out will we get to hear any of the new stuff on sunday absolutely we're definitely going to do night and day which is a part of the people world cup um fifa world cup album 
um, that was 2014, uh, really big song, did really well with, with other acts like Shakira and Wyclef Jean and Pitbull um, were all on the same album. So that's also a crowd favorite. I think we're going to perform some songs that people have never heard before, but they're just going to um, instinctively groove to it because it's just really good rock and music. Awesome. Awesome. Are you guys getting in town this weekend or do you have a chance to enjoy the city for a few days? It's going to be a quick trip. We have a busy schedule. Um, most of the members, especially the front line, all do other things as well as perform with the band. So it's pretty much fly in tomorrow morning and fly back out Monday morning. Um, I don't know, whatever I can get myself involved in <laughs> between that time, I'm definitely going to try. <laughs> awesome. Dyson Knight is with us. Dyson, I have this feeling I've been mispronouncing the name of the band all this time. Can you help me on this? <laughs> with the Baja Men? That's what I said, but I, I, something tells me that's not right. Baja Men. I mean, okay, you, can but... call us, you can just call us... Um... <laughs> Call us whatever you want to call us. Just be at the show, put the dancing shoes on, bring some friends, let's have some fun. By the time it's done with you, you'll get the name right. Perfect. So more like more like keyed into your homeland. So Bahaman is probably closer than what I said earlier is Baja men, right? Right. Okay. All right. The Bahamas and the Baja men. Okay. I, I laugh at that at times, Sean, because I, I didn't think it was a – uh, too much thought <laughs> that went into that one. Well, see, I'm lucky enough to get the chance to ask you and learn from the band itself. So now I know. Beautiful. Yes. Hey, all the best. Safe travels. We can't wait to hear you guys, watch you all perform on Sunday. I know there's going to be a huge crowd uh, getting ready for a football game, and you guys will have a big part in getting them kind of revved up to go inside. Oh, yeah. We, we're going we're gonna to add a whole lot of well, there's already a lot of excitement. You're going to bring a bit more. Awesome. Awesome. Dyson, all the best. Thanks for the visit. Thank you. I'll see you soon. All right, so the Bahaman, Bahaman, however you want to pronounce it, they will be there again at Champion Square on Sunday morning. First set, 9.30 to 10, a quick break, then 10.30 to 11. So make them a part of your tailgate, your pregame routine on Sunday. I think we're going to, I think we're going to see more and more, you know, entertainment like this at champion square on home game days stay tuned for that but great to have dyson knight and and those guys in town appreciate their visit it'll be a high energy performance i can i can guarantee you that okay complete game recap on monday i think john coon will be stopping by again on monday surely john DeShazer too uh, hopefully we're talking about a one and one season now and a great home start to the schedule going to be a battle i think it's actually gonna be a high scoring game on on sunday uh, Jim Nance, Tony Romo on the broadcast on CBS, of course, coverage on the uh, New Orleans Saints radio network with uh, Jim, Deuce, and Christian, and uh, we'll have plenty on NewOrleansSaints.com as well. Everybody have a great weekend. Uh, you know, obviously, go Tigers this weekend. Uh, and, and by the way, there's the tragedy going on in, at LSU currently this week that I'm sure you're hearing about and reading about. It's it's so sad, and and, and it makes for a heavy heart. That's for sure. But all the best to that, that family of that young freshman who has died there and for, I think, a greater awareness of, of, um, of some issues that I think are important to our young people right now in, in regards to their safety and uh, well-being. So I just wanted to...
to, to mention that. And then obviously Tulane is going to be on a national stage this weekend as well as they go up to take on number two Oklahoma. Oh, gosh. OU is really good. I think Tulane showed us some things that they've uh, improved upon here in the first two weeks of the season. This will be a tall order, but I hope they perform well and we wish them the best too. And then, of course, go Saints. Houdat, everybody. Have a great weekend. I'm Sean Kelly. For all of our great guests today and, of course, our own Daniel Salerson, we say goodbye on a Friday.